thank the Lord for everybody that served us today. They're everywhere. Amen. Well, it's always an honor. It's been a little over a year since I had my brother Terry here with me. And uh, like I said last week, uh, he's older than me by seven years. So you don't need to come up to me and say, is that your younger brother? All right. Please don't do that to me. Amen. He's one of my bigger brothers. I have three of them and two bigger sisters. Amen. And uh, there's six in the Clark family. I'm the baby. That's why I still act a little spoiled from time to time. Amen. But welcome my brother Terry with a great message today. Come on, baby. Praise the Lord today. Thank you for being at Fellowship Church today. I've got the best seat in the house right here, looking at you. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. Hey, I had already had a story. Because everywhere that I go and I speak, I always bring a story. Is that okay? I had a story, and it was going to be killer, about young Will. But a lot of you folks here don't know me. And I wanted to give you just a little insight to my heart. Is that okay? Can we do that? I think all of the Clark kids, minus Gary, had Miss Huff for first grade. You had Miss Huff. Then we all did. All six had Miss Huff. L.J. Bell Elementary School, Miss Huff. If she was older, if she was tender with the children, I cried the first day that Ann left, but that's not the story. There was a boy in the class named Gerald. And for some goofy reason, it wound up on me to help him with his toboggan, to get his coat, and go to his cubby and put it in there with Gerald. And he had these glasses that were sort of funky, and they had a string around it with like a a washer or something, and when we put it on him, I could pull it, and they would stay on his head all day. And Gerald didn't play kickball with us. He didn't run with us. He didn't get on the monkey bars with us. But it was my job, for some reason, to see that he was ready to go. The end of the year comes. Everybody has Miss Huff something. I didn't have her anything. Are you kidding? We didn't have anything but each other. So all we had in our family was each other. But Gerald, I can remember, and this is 60 years ago almost. Gerald comes in with a bag. It's a brown bag with the little handles on it that you see everywhere. And he comes in, and I take it, and I give it to Miss Huff. I can remember. And I help him get his little box open with his glasses, and Miss Huff brings the bag It's the last day of school. She reaches in the bag and she pulls out a package that's wrapped up. It's got my name on it. It wasn't for Miss Huff, it was for me. Why, why that happened, I don't know. But y'all hear about me with Gary. 
I had it before Gary. I don't know why I'm the way I am. God made me the way I am. But inside that, and when I opened it, it was a red shirt that you had to put over your head and it zipped up from here up. I had my second grade picture taken in that shirt. I don't think I ever saw Gerald again. I don't know where he went. But I carry him with me every day. So now you know Terry. That's who I am. Okay? And if you give me the chance, I'll love the fire out of you. I just will. Because that's who I am, okay? This is going to be hard for me because this is a personal message today. Can y'all just say right now, just say, Lord, help him. Say it one more time. Good. I needed that. Thank you. Hey, do y'all happen to have your little handout? It is a picture of a room. And I'm going to speak to you today about the room. Do you have it? Can you hold it in your hand? Did you look at it? This came off Granny's house that they were tearing it down. This is the back door of the room. I want you to do something that sounds really goofy. Smell it. I don't know about you, but it smells like there's something dead in there. It smells like there's something dead in that room. And my message for you today, you probably already know, but you're not going to know it like this. My red Bible is just about to fall apart. I think all Bibles should be read. R-E-A-D, okay? The scripture this morning is taken. Oh, my bride is here. I have a white Portia. And she's here with her sister, Amanda. Right there is my bride. So she made it. And she's here today. So if you get an opportunity, please speak to them before you leave, okay? The room. The room. If you're normal, we all have one. And that's a place somewhere in here where we put stuff that scares us to death. For one reason or another, we don't want to confront it, Ronnie. In some cases, it's a hellish place. You've been hurt so bad. You can't even think about opening that room. The pain is too much. You have one unless you are just abnormal. I've got one. I'm going to speak to you today from Mark 5, verses 21 through 43. And I may not read it all. Is it okay if I just talked with you a little bit? Can I do that? Is that okay? 
Mark 5, 21. Y'all all know, you all know the story of... The correct pronunciation is Jairus. But I learned it is Jairus. Jairus' daughter. Is that okay? Can I say Jairus? That's what I was taught. Father, I ask you to help me right now. I need your help right now that you'd allow me to speak in the authority of your word and to do it in love. In Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship to the other side, much people were around him. He was nigh to the sea, and behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus. You say Jairus if you want to, it doesn't matter to me. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He besought him greatly, saying, my little daughter, who's twelve, she's at the point of death. Please, come put your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Jesus went with him. Much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood, 12 years. How old was the little girl? How long had this lady suffered? Is there a connection? Has anyone ever heard that there was a connection? Absolutely there's a connection. But that's for another time. That's not what we're talking about today. Here's what's happening here. And you can read it on through the end of the chapter if you want to read the story. Jairus is a ruler in the synagogue at Capernaum. He's very well known. He's a man of means. He has money. His only daughter, 12 years old, and she is at the point of death. Now, if you've never had a daughter, I'm not sure you understood what I just said. She is fixing to walk out of this very prominent man's life. And this is personal for me. Because I have a daughter, and she has walked out of my life for five years. That's why I need help this morning with this. Okay? I need some help this morning. I need help. Okay? So this man of means, he does the only thing that rich people can do. He uses his strength. Against his witness, against his weakness. Because if he was poor, he may not have had the ability to get to Jesus right away. If you know what I mean. There are people in this audience now, you can look on your cell phone and you can call somebody, see them this afternoon, and it would take me eight months to get an appointment. I'm just saying, that's how it is. That's how J. Iris was he had the means to get to Jesus. When you have money, doors open. Jairus had access to Jesus. He comes and tells Jesus, my daughter 
is at the point of death. Jesus, come. I need you to fix it. And immediately, Jesus says, sure. A house call from Jesus. A house call from Jesus. Oh, by the way, he's still doing that. He's still doing house calls, okay? He still comes. Wow, that's amazing to me. Did you ever think of that? Jesus still makes house calls. Jairus had access. And I'll tell you, folks, nothing will hurt you more than when your child is hurting. It's horrible. It's terrible. You will do things you normally wouldn't do to help that child. I mean, is that right or wrong? You feel helpless. You feel worried. You feel weak. It's like kryptonite in Superman. i got to help my child. Jairus had enough money that he could get to Jesus, but, and this is a big but, his money wouldn't heal. So if you just count on money to work everything out in your life, didn't hear. Not in this situation. He gets to Jesus. Jesus immediately drops everything, and he's going to his house. See, I love knowing that. Call on Jesus, and he's there. And I'm not sure what kind of house cleaning you're going to need to do if Jesus is coming. Or if you're going to make a pound cake or something. I don't know. I don't know what you would do. But if he lives in your heart, he should be there all the time, okay? He should be there. But while he's on his way to J. Iris' house, there is this woman. What? No. You've got to get to my house. We don't have time to do A, B, C, and D. We need to get my house. You understand She's dying. She could already be dead. I need you now. But there's this woman. And this woman is desperate. She has run, slam out of options. She goes after Jesus. Now the little girl can't go after Jesus, right? But this woman is going after Jesus. Jairus has no time to waste on this woman. His 12-year-old is dying. Now, Jesus has to make a decision. Wow. Wow. Do I help the woman and let the girl die? Or do I ignore the woman and go save the girl? They both need Jesus. How about you? Do you need Jesus in your life? Anything you think maybe he can help you with? I do. I do. On one hand, you have the 12-year-old girl that's dying. That's one little girl, one generation, one reality. And on the other hand, you have this woman for 12 years. She has suffered. She's exhausted all her resources. The girl over there has an appointment with Jesus. This woman doesn't. 
Both are terminal. They have no cure. Both are locked away from what we would call normal life. What do you mean? Well, they're not doing the things that 12-year-old girls would do, and she's not doing the thing that the ladies would be doing right now. She can't. Why? Because sickness will disconnect you from society. And you don't believe that. Sickness will separate you from society. And if you don't believe it, go over here to the hospital. Check out their reality. You drive right by that hospital all the time. You never think about what's going on inside there. They may be living in the county, but the county sure ain't living in them. That's a totally different reality. Well, it's true. That's the way it is. Inside the hospital is a different world. Sickness will always separate you from what we call normal. Both the woman and the girl are shut out from the world. Now, J. Iris had means. He's a ruler. He's prominent. He was used to telling people what to do. And if he could command that girl to be well, he would have. But he couldn't. And you know, life's going to always test you right where you're standing. I don't care who you are, what you got. There's going to be something there. You can't handle it by yourself. So what do we do? We put it in that little room in there. We lock the door. Why? Because we can't handle it. This is too big for me. And then we paste on this smile like everything is good. Well, it's not always good. There's things going on in your life. Unless you're Mr. Perfect. We only had one perfect ever on this planet. We nailed him to a tree. We all have mess. We all have mess. Now, how we deal with that mess? I'd rather him deal with my mess. Life will always test you. No matter what advantage you think you've got, there's going to be something you can't fix. And there will come a time in your life that you need a family bigger than what you've got. And then again, there are those that would rather die than admit it's too big for me both the woman and the child are untouchable jesus prophet priest and king you can't touch either one of them priests can't touch either one of them why can y'all say they're unclean they're unclean jesus can't touch them both of them are unclean She's dying. Well, I can't touch her. Jesus can't touch her. Certainly can't touch this woman that's crawling up behind him. He can't touch her. The law says that a priest could not touch a bleeding woman. That's the law. That's a rule. That's a man rule. That's a man rule. She was untouchable. Nobody touched her. Nobody touched her. Nobody touched her. 
She's unclean. I'm coming out of the Sunoco with my coffee Friday morning when I got here. And this young man comes out of the door just before I go in. He's wearing a hoodie. And it says, damaged goods. And I thought, you know, that was me. Before I came to know the Savior. I was damaged goods. Jesus couldn't associate with me. I was damaged goods. Just like this guy was. Just like this woman is and that girl is. They're damaged goods. That's who we are till we know the Savior. We're all damaged goods. The untouchable woman decided... Whatever I've got to do. Whatever I've got to do. Whatever it's going to take. I'm all in. I'm sick of this. I'm not just sick. I'm sick of it. If I have to walk up behind him. If I've got to crawl on my belly. You know you may have to do that. If you're going to clean out that room. I might have to do that. The woman says, I don't want to shake his hand. I don't want him to sign a piece of paper for me. I don't want a selfie. If I can just touch. And she did. And you know what Jesus says to her? He tells her, you're healed. Go your way, you're healed. And Jesus tells her, it wasn't what I did. It's what you did. Wow! It's what you did that fixed your issue. You've got locked away. It's not what Jesus did. He said, you did it. Your faith has made you whole. Was she healed? No. No. No, not necessarily healed. But she was made whole. My mama was made whole, but her healing came after this life. You can be whole and not healed. You can be. But he told her to go her way that she was made whole. And Jesus is standing there. He's used to touching people, but this time somebody touched him. So I ask you, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to do to shine some light in that room? Because there's something there, and it stinks. But what if people find out? Good! That might help them clean their room out. There's something there. It is in mine. Jesus tells the woman that she's healed. It's not what I did. It's what you did. Your faith made you whole. Many of us wait on God to do something. Could God be waiting on you? 
to do something. She did. She did something. Huh. Maybe nothing's going to happen until you start crawling. You may need to crawl a little bit, okay? That's okay. Now let me tell you what's different about the woman and the child. The woman reached out. She can't. This girl can't reach. There could come a time in your life that for one reason or another that you can't reach out. Do you think? You think that could happen? It did here. There could be a time in your life that you just stop reaching. Hmm. Jesus has come to her house, and unlike this woman that reached, she can't reach out to Jesus. Jesus is standing in the room, and she can't reach him. And you know what? There could be somebody in here right today, right now, listening to me, and for some reason, Jesus is in this house, and you can't reach him. Oh, you can stand, you can walk, you can talk, you can smile, but for one reason or another, whatever you've got down in here is stopping you from being what God made you to be. Because we don't want people to know. It's too painful. It's hellish. I can't let people know about that. That's terrible. Many are going to wait till that thing will just kill them. It'll happen. Jesus arrives at Jairus' house. The mourners are already there. They're crying up a storm. And the smell of death is in the air. Did you smell that on your card? Hmm. Earlier, the woman was forbidden to touch anyone. She broke a law to touch Jesus. She broke a law. She broke a rule. She broke protocol. Hmm. Jesus sees the young girl in the room. Now he's got a decision to make. She broke a law. Jesus sees the girl in the room. Hmm. Does he touch her? Is he going to break a law? Is our Jesus, is our Savior, is he going to break a rule? And I'm just going to say this. If God, if God would regard iniquity, he broke a rule to save me. Why? Because I was damaged goods. He couldn't associate with me. I was a sinner. He broke a rule to save me. He broke a rule to save you. If I didn't make you want to shout, I don't get it. He broke a rule to save you. He broke a rule to save this girl. What a place, what a predicament. Wow. He sees the young girl there. Do I keep the law and lose the child? Or do I save the child and break out of the law? What's he going to do? 
Jesus now breaks a law because he regards people more than rules. Now, aren't you happy of that? Aren't you happy for that? I'm happy for that. There's so many rules. There's so many orders. So many shouts and shout nots that you're willing to kill to keep the rule. And you do it in Jesus' name. The one that broke the rule to save the girl. Have you ever thought of that? Jesus sends most all of them out because they laughed Him to scorn, which means, well, you're no help. He said, she's sleeping. This girl's dead. They laughed Him to scorn. I would just advise you not to do that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to Jesus that loves you to pieces, that wants good for you in your life, and you're going to laugh at Him. Like, you can't help here. You're not welcome here. You're not going in the room here with my daughter. Are you kidding? The only one on the whole planet that had her remedy. And you're going to laugh at him? Are you kidding? That's serious business, folks. And the problem was that these people, they believed what they saw more than what Jesus said. Wow! How about y'all? Are you believing what you see out here with all that's going on right now in this world? More than what this book says? Are you believing the book? What are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? It's crazy! Why don't we just believe the book? Why don't we just believe the book? Has it ever been wrong? Not yet. Not yet. Why don't we just believe the book? Right here, Jesus is standing in the room. He's everything that she's not. He's up. She's down. He's right. She's wrong. He's clean. She's filthy. He's living. She's dead. She's gone. But Jesus said she was sleeping. I believe Jesus, okay? I believe what He says. If this is hurt, this is killing you, believe what He tells you. Believe what He tells you. Believe what the Savior tells you. She's lifeless. She's listless. She's helpless. And through no goodness of her own, she's laying there needing help. And this message this morning... There's probably someone in here right now that's stuck. You're laying just like this girl. And you are a victim of your own problem. It's robbed you of your relationships. Your schedule, you should be further than you are. You should be doing more, but yet you're laying there. Help! I can't get up. The 12-year-old girl Jesus touched represents potential, possibilities, the future. Jeremiah 20, 29, 11, if you want to go and look at that later, you can. That God wants good things for you. And the one that everybody thought would never matter, amount to anything. The Bible says that Jesus reached down. He took her by the hand.
He stood this little girl up. He broke a rule. I'm glad we have a rule breaker. I'm glad he'll break rules for me. And they're man's rules, y'all. It's man's rules. He stood this girl up and told her, Damsel, rise. Do you love that? This is the girl they thought they would never see again. That she'd never amount to anything. She wasn't going to make it. Can't you see them walking out of the room? Can't you see that? They're coming out of the room together. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine Jairus? Can you believe that? Talitha Kumai is what he told the girl. Damsel, arise. And you know what? I'm going to speak right now to every dead thing that's in your room. Everything that you cannot confront, that you're scared to death somebody's going to find out. It's the very thing that's stopping you reaching your potential and being really happy. I'm going to speak to that dead thing or that you think is dead. Do you have your key? Can you all hold that key in your hand? Can you hold your key? I want to see your key. Because that's the key to your room. You've locked that room. But you know what? You're holding the key. You're holding the key in your hand. You've got a Savior that loves you more than any person on this planet. He wants good for you. Can you just say, Lord, here's my key. Will you go with me? Go with me in my room. Shine some light in my room. Because in Him there's no darkness. Okay? He's going to put light where there hasn't been any light for a long time. Then you can put happy things in your room. Okay. Thank you. You've been a blessing to me this morning. Father, thank you for letting me speak with these dear folk. They've been a blessing. And I pray that somehow they've been encouraged for whatever help they need this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Preacher. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Stand with me, would you? But let's keep that good, that good quiet spirit. Amen? We're not done yet. It's called reverence right now, yes? Respect. Lord, thank you for this word this morning. Strong, but very compassionate today. There's no judgment here. Lord, I pray you'll help folks right now. Just in our quiet time. 
touch people today, Lord, I pray. Terry spoke the truth from the Word today. I pray that, Lord, you'll touch people's heart with the truth today. That the dead can live again. The broken can be healed. Help them, Lord, today. Touch them. Lord, they have the key. Jesus. Lord, you tell us that you stand at our heart's door knocking. And if any man will open that door, you'll come in. And you'll have supper with us, you say, in your word. And you'll be with us and you'll help us. I pray for, for people right now dealing with some pretty, pretty tough stuff. Help them, Lord, I pray. And guys, with heads bowed this last moment, the worst thing I can think of is uh, you never opening up that room so that Jesus Christ could save you so that you would go to heaven when you die and not hell. Would you humble yourself today? Like the woman did in the story. Remember how she, if she had to, and she did. She got down on her, probably her stomach, her belly, and she crawled through the crowd, and she reached out and touched his garment. Are you willing to just humble yourself today and say, I'm not going to put my confidence in my church attendance anymore. I'm not going to put my confidence in me anymore. I'm not going to put my confidence in rules that I keep for the church. I was baptized when I was a baby. All stuff that we just make up. Are you ready to say, I'm just not going to make it up anymore? I want to be saved. I want to know that if this kills me or that kills me, I'm going to tell you something right now. Something's going to kill you. doctor told me this week, said, Gary, I strongly believe it's not going to be your heart or your or a stroke that's going to kill you. I liked hearing that. He said, something else is probably. Don't get us all. Would you humble yourself today and say, I believe in Jesus Christ? Would you do that today? Put your faith in Him and say there's not a bunch of ways. There's one way. There's one that died on the cross. His name is Jesus. Can I lead you in a prayer right now to be saved? Aren't you sick of going to bed at night one more night not knowing if, if you don't wake up? You're not. Where are you going? Say, aren't you tired of living scared to death with this virus and crap? you put your faith in Christ and regardless thank God I have life today I have Jesus let's pray together are you willing to pray with me Lord Jesus I know I'm a sinner I'm not coming to you with all this good things in my hand I'm coming empty handed I'm just coming as a sinner somebody untouchable some damaged goods and Lord I ask you to forgive me it is what it is and I am who I am but I'm coming today. Tell him today. I believe in you. Would you tell him that? I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the dead. How about these words? These are toughies, but say them with me. I believe you love me. I'm not garbage. I'm not junk. I'm not trash to you. And I'm not to you. 
Save me, Lord, today, I pray. I put my faith in you and not in anything else. My faith is making me whole today because my faith is in Jesus. In your name, I pray. With heads bowed, how many would raise a hand and say, Pastor Gary, I was...